Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast. From me, Paul Machin, and that I'm man, me, Chris Pager. Ooh, that was your? Was that your come to bed voice? <laughs> Don't get to use it often, so I don't know. <laughs> Come to bed, girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, kickoff question this week comes from Andy Lochry on Twitter. Uh, which current Liverpool player would last the longest in the Royal Rumble? We've got quite a few wrestling team questions on the Q and A this week, but we'll get to this one first. I think there's an obvious shout because it's the obvious shout for every question ever at the moment, and that's Virgil Van Dijk. Joel Matip. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, why? Because I think, you know, first off, you're right, Virgil van Dijk is the obvious shout, but I think Virgil, I think Matip will be put in first as the big man and will have the longest, whereas I think Virgil, you kind of just want him to win. And I think, you know, th- there's different ways of doing it. Sometimes they put the big man in at the beginning, sometimes they put them in right at the end mm. just to screw everyone up and, he, and he, he waltzes to victory. I feel like Matip would be there for like, I don't know, is it 32 people? How many people go into the room? 30, right? So he's there, number one, yeah. lasts till Virgil comes in, and then Virgil just throws him over the top. Yeah, show, yeah he's, he's everyone's going, whoa, the big man, the big man's in here, and he survives, and then Virgil comes in and shows him what a big man actually looks like, and just one touch, yeah, close line. The, the, the Matip stuff is, yeah, I, I, I think Matip, but Matip is like, whenever they bring out another big fella, and he's not Fodder. very good, and he just gets Battered by everyone, and he just get and he gets he gets double teamed and he gets thrown over. Whereas Van Dyke's the kind who he's the, the undertaker, isn't he? Basically, he's just the kind of one who come in and I mean, like I, I don't I don't think Van Dyke would win it because it, because inevitably the big fellas are often as it often get ganged up on. It's some it's someone else. It's all it tends to be like a. A, a sort of a bit a bit smaller, but a top but it's but a top guy. So it's like a. It's a Bobby Firmino because I think he's got like he's just got all the fucking tricks in the book, and he's defo got that. You know when they go over the top rope and they yeah, hang on yeah, and yeah, they pull yeah. themselves back up again. I bet Firmino flip themselves back into the ring. I guarantee, yeah, he's got something in his house where he can practice that. Okay, just like you know, just random. Like I bet it's not even a full ring. I bet he's got just a set of one side of a ring set up in one room of his house. Wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, and there's like a load I'd of, take the bet though. Yeah, there's probably like a load of bowl bowl hats. Nailed to a wall, and you know, and and just you know, like melted records hanging off couches and, and stuff loads like. of masks. Yeah, 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 kabuki masks everywhere. Majoras, but but backwards, and 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 suspended from the ceiling because he's just fucking weird, isn't yeah. he? So you know it's, what I mean. No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so let us know which current Liverpool player you think would last longest in the Royal Rumble um, news not so much in brief this week because we haven't got two games to talk about so we're going we're gonna to dive into the news a little bit more um, Joe Gomez we, we heard last week Chris suffered an injury setback 
I'll be honest, Paul, I can't really keep up with all the injury setbacks that we've had at the moment. Yeah. I'm like coming in every day, like, who's fit? Who's injured again? Yeah. How long are they out for? Mm-hmm. It's It just seems to be every single day you're coming into something new at the moment. And, and it's, it's speculation largely as well. Now, we're recording this before Klopp's pre-Leicester press conference, so there will hopefully be a little bit more clarity off the back of that. But equally, there might not, because, you know, Jürgen is good. His famous line is, why should I tell, why should I let you know more about my team? Selections because no one else seems to be able, no, no one else seems to have to do this. The Gomez one though is, is that's a big one for me. I, I think we we were all hoping that he was going to be back in training now-ish mm. so that we're starting to gear up to get him ready for Bayern Munich because obviously we know Van Dijk's not going to be available for that. I can't imagine that. Sorry, bear with me a second. It's the wires. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's been like this for two weeks. <laughs> Why is there a random wire? Just not because the wire in? that's in. Now doesn't work, and we need to cut this off and pull it out. And we've just not done it yet. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, looks good though. Yeah, the, I mean that that. So we are facing up to a world now where, you know, we're going to have to put a lot of reliance on Matip, and you know we don't even know where 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 Lovren's at at the moment. You presume Lovren will be. Rumours well. are that Lovren could start if Van Dijk's a miss. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the game against Leicester, you know, I'd personally play Van Dijk at 50% fitness. You know, I, I think he's that important to mm-hmm. us at the moment. And um, I can't imagine the Klopp's going to give us too much in the press conference. But the Gomez one, you, you're right, it's it's a big blow. And I wonder if, if we'd have known how long he was going to be out for, would we actually have got rid of Nathaniel Klein? Mm. And, you know, and I think it's easy to look back with hindsight and say that. Yeah. But I actually do think in this instance you maybe don't, yeah. um, because he's so important not only at right back but also at centre half. I mean, mm. you know, more so at centre half. I think you know he was in such good form. We, he will be out for probably nearly three months. Mm-hmm. You'd think at the time of, of coming back into the side, how long is it going to take to get back up to match fitness? I think if yeah. he was out for four to six weeks, maybe not too much. Yeah. But you know, three months is a long time. Yeah, I, I, it's one of them. At the minute, we are all in that mindset. Whether we're all largely positive, and I'll talk a bit more about it when we get into the Leicester stuff, of course. Like, but these are the things where you don't want this to be a pivotal part of the season. You know, we've we've come through January. We've we've got at least we haven't had to play all the extra games. Let's let's continue to buy into that narrative that we're happy that Liverpool, you know, didn't have more FA Cup and, and League Cup action for the for the sake of the the, the point. Um, it would have been nice to come out of this little break a bit more ready. Whereas as it turns out, and and hopefully we'll be, we, we hopefully we'll know a bit more. But you know, a, a, a day before that the, we return to action, we're looking at potentially no Van Dijk, potentially no Lovren, potentially well, definitely no Gomez, almost certainly no Trent Alexander-Arnold, and there was even sort of Fabinho with that little thing as well. Wijnaldum as well. I yeah. think this is the thing, though. I think you know it is important to recognise where we are in our season. I think it's important to recognise. I think that fatigue plays a massive part in injuries. You know, and that's not to say that you know tired players, uh, people who aren't tired, don't get injured. They do. Yeah. That can happen. But the more fatigued you are, the more likely you are to pick up an illness yeah. or an injury of some description. So. It's bad now. With the extra games, it could have been a lot worse. Mm. And that's not to say that it definitely would have been, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. But we could have been teetering on the edge of a complete crisis yeah. all across the board. Um, so I think that, unfortunately for us, or fortunately for us, sorry, 
we are probably in a better position because of the lack of games, but we could be in a really, really bad position. And listen, we've got players that can do a job right now. You know, I think the likes of Fabinho will be important over the next few games. Probably more as a defender than we'd imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be looking to get players back. Will that have a knock-on in a couple of months' time? Maybe. Mm. But right now, Klopp's taking it a game at a time. I think you've kind of got to trust him on that, that he's going to put the team out that he thinks can get three points in the next game. Yeah, definitely. Um, we saw a, 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 a really hot transfer rumour drop uh, on Monday, or so Sunday, Monday, that Abdul-Kadir Omar from Trabzonspor uh, had agreed a deal to move to Liverpool at the end of the season. Shook hands on it, hadn't we? Shook hands, presumably, according to dodgy Turkish translation. Um Rubbished by the club, James Pearce stepped up to the plate in solid James Pearce fashion. <laughs> nailed it. Um, didn't just. It wasn't even like a. I don't think like a, a Babe Ruth style points points to the fences and swings. More like he just got on top of it and pummeled it to death before it even had a chance to grow legs. Um, yeah, this is. I, I've, I've done a couple of news shows on this, and this has got all the hallmarks of an agent. Just trying to drum up more interest because he's being linked to like Newcastle and Crystal Palace. Oh, you don't and, want that, that as an agent. No, you don't want that at all. No. Um, Liverpool's big, big clicks, big news, isn't it? I think you know. I always find that whenever, whenever I look into those transfer rumours, you type in the player's name and you type Liverpool, and then type Arsenal, and then type Arsenal, and then type Man United, yeah. and you tend to find that they're all linked in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Completely on that and. By all accounts, Liverpool have probably. I think Liverpool have scouted them. So I mean, you're his agent. You can you can say with you know with absolute certainty, Liverpool have had a look. Liverpool are interested. But that, does Liverpool that mean scouted. you can say you've shook hands on the deal? Well, I know this is where it starts again. And I mean, it was funny because the account that this came from was like a verified Twitter account and blah blah blah. And then of course we all started stretching to the world of how how many of us actually speak Turkish. I don't. Uh, I use Google Translate, which leads you to some like say, hilarious translations. Wonderful translations. It's one of the highlights of my every translation window for me um, but yeah looks looks a decent play he's scored, he's scored a few goals this season but he um, yeah you do tend to look at it and I always um, look we've got a decent record or Klopp's got a decent record of pulling players from obscurity and making things out of them so it might not be it might not be for nothing ultimately but I think Liverpool are more in a world now where the players that Liverpool are going to sign are known entities uh, I think probably probably you know at the, at the younger level maybe not I think if they're hmm. if they're going straight into you're talking the fifth, 15, 16, I, I, I think you're right. You can because no one and, and maybe nineteens as well, and it probably even go up to twenty ones. You some think? Point. Like, yeah, as I think in, so. As in, as in, are we going to be in for 19, 20 year olds that Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, etc. are not in for? No unknown to fans. Oh right, I think that's a difference, isn't it? You know what I mean? I think it, it comes down to this, Paul. Liverpool will scout players. You think they sign every one of them? Mm. No, yeah, they, cl- they not, clearly yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, there's going to be hundreds of players that Liverpool have scouted over the last five years that Liverpool haven't signed. Mm. That's what you do. You scout them for a reason. You scout them to work out whether you think they're good enough for your football club and to justify your wage if you're a scout. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and to, just to get away from the house. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know, you don't want to watch Coronation Street every night that it's on. Sometimes it's good to just get out of the house. Go into Fleetwood. Are you really going to find a player from Fleetwood? You never know. But you there are those. Know. Those one, those diamonds in the rough, they still exist in football, and they always will do. And people are always searching for that because that's that's where you get the most value, isn't it? I mm. think you know. First of all, you might not have to compete on wages and transfer fees. Liverpool will be looking at, across the board at players, known entities, non-known entities. It's just the way that the world is. Mm, that's it. I just I, my my feeling on this is if Liverpool are going to be linked to like anyone aged between eighteen and twenty-one, then 
one of the other big pre- Chelsea or Man City will also be in for them because that's just the nature of that. I mean, every, every pretty much with the with the exception of the lads we've we've signed from the Championship, all of our almost all of our signings have been have also been linked with. One of our major, maybe. Our I major mean, I don't remember Robertson rivals. getting linked with anybody, and well, he's older apart than that. Play, apart from the play, I say, apart from the players we signed from the championship, so like he was Premier League at the time, wasn't but you know what I mean. Like, so like, this is a guy who the Robos, the the Genies, but the, the I don't know, I'm not sure Shakiri was linked anywhere else. I think. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So I think you know that kind of proves the point. If they're doing it with established Premier League players, they'll be doing it with unders as well. Yeah. Um Rafa Honigstein, I, I mean, I got this via Anfield HQ, so treat it, treat it as you will. I didn't see this directly, but he, apparently he said that, uh, I asked him about the Timo Werner stuff, he said like, Klopp's a big fan and he would suit Liverpool's style of play, but thinks Liverpool are much more interested in signing a versatile centre-back with the ability to deputise in wide areas, much like Joe Gomez. Um, this is one of those things where our squad's fine for, for how it is right now. I was having a conversation with my uncle at the weekend about this. This is the beauty of, I think, where Liverpool are, is we've got the best squad we've probably had in the Premier League era. Maybe going, maybe apart from like that golden generation that was ruined during the Spice Boys era with, you know, Farley, McManaman, etc. And yet I could still look at Liverpool's squad and if I was being utterly ruthless and I, and I knew we had money to spend, I could... There's probably four or five players easy that I could... that I, could, I feel we could upgrade on in the summer. And I don't fear for the defence at the moment... But if you could go and get someone as good as Joe Gomez, another Joe Gomez, well, you just you, would. you just would, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Joe Matter. Thanks very much, Dejan Lovren, etc. For your service, but we'll just get we'll just we can get. I think we can get better. Yeah, I think we can get better. We can get younger mm. as well. I think that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, Matip and Lovren are peak ages for centre halves right now. But you've got to make sure that the next ones are coming through as well. And Joe Gomez would allow you to do that. I think you've got a right back probably in Trent Alexander-Arnold who's going to be there for the next maybe let's say let's conservatively let's say five years. Mm-hmm. You're looking to sign another right back in. Well, it's not going to be. Well, I'll tell you what. Nathaniel Klein was a perfect example. It's not going to be a 27-year-old who's going to sit behind a 20-year-old no. for five years, is it? You're going to have to get that next that next guy up, almost, or get a guy with a load of confidence and a load of ability who thinks that he can break into that. Mm. You know, I think Dejan Lovren, again, you know, the timing of his career, he wants to be challenging for trophies in the first team. And I think right now you could question whether he is a first team. Joe Matip will be exactly the same. Yeah. How long were they going to willing? Are they going to be willing to sit behind Joe Gomez for? And the versatility side of things, Klopp's wanted that across the board in his attacking players since he moved into the club. It only now is starting to filter into the defensive side of stuff mm-hmm. because now he's got the defence that he wants, yeah. and I think now he's starting to build that side of the squad up. I think. You know, the times when you see a, a left-back and, and solely a left-back on the bench are probably gone for Jürgen Klopp. He wants players you can fill in at multiple positions because you only get seven subs. Yeah. You know, you've got a, you, <laughs> you've, you, but you've got 11 places to fill on the field if, yeah. if an injury was to occur. Yeah. So there's not enough there, is there? So it makes perfect sense that you're going to want somebody who can switch or somebody in your first team who can move aside Absolutely. to bring a centre-half in. It's a daft example, but like, uh, if you play Ultimate Team or you play my club on, on, on Pez... Don't put a keeper on the bench because I want as many options. But you can deal with your keeper being a bit out of form in that instance. You want that extra. You you, you want to be able to do the things that you do, the positive things on the pitch to the best of your ability. See so that you're dead right on that, and I, and that's why you can see like the like Kiana Hoover. You can see why he likes him because 
well, there's a lad who can play all across the, the back three in terms of his confidence, and we'll see as he develops. But he looks like he's got the ability on the ball that if you needed to drop him in a DM, you you could do because he's not going to be he's not going to panic in possession, which is going to compromise everything again that you, you do in terms of your style or what have you. So yeah, I you you you're dead right. It's just mobility, isn't it? Game game on the game intelligence, ability on the ball, mobility. If you've got those, you can and you've got, and you're of a decent height. It's a lot of it's now it becomes a bigger ass the more you add those things, of course. But that's what we want. We want we want athletes, intelligent athletes all over the all over the pitch. Um, and also, like, we used to talk about this all the time about how our centre backs were no good in space. And I think Joel Matip and Dejan Lovren were the two that we used to talk about a lot. And you know, going back even further, Martin Skirtle, for example, think off. about his times at right back that we've seen him just absolutely rinsed by the likes of Henry, who did that to a lot of players. By the mm. way, right backs or centre backs, it didn't seem to matter. By the way, but also. You know, we know our fullbacks bomb on, and our centre backs have to cover that space sometimes. And so, having a guy that is comfortable tackling in that area of the field and knows his defensive responsibilities when he is dragged wide, it makes him a better centre back for being able to play that right back yeah. and a better fit for our system. Yeah, and we're just in that position now where we, we've got them, we've got them, we'll have the money to spend. To, we'll buy what need, we'll buy what needs to be bought. There's no more. Oh well, we'll have to make do and amend and certain things because we're now in a situation where we we don't need to go out and buy four fifty million pound players to make us competitive. We're competitive. We just need to keep that turning over. We, you've got a combination of lads coming up from the academy, and then you've got a you you buy a couple of bits and pieces that genuine top quality players to to bolster what you do. And we might find that that centre back thing does come from within. It might I mean it might be just a, a t- two seasons too soon for, for for Hoover as an example. But we'll talk about him in a bit and you might find Camacho becoming a might, might just become an absolute revelation at right back and then all of a sudden you don't need a, you don't really need Joe Gomez to do that so it changes your thinking in in, in other areas and, and so on so now it is um it is interesting but that that word versatile I think you're right I think will be key to everything we do same with the forward thing we're going to be linked with centre forwards all summer mm. guaranteed how long we're on the countdown to the first Karen Benzema link by the way everyone just strap yourselves in and to the first Robert Lewandowski link guaranteed we won't buy we won't Klopp won't buy a centre forward like that no he won't be Timo Werner the reason we're linked to him is because exactly, exactly he can do he can do the thing the reason we were linked with Nabil Fakir we all had him pegged as being like the attacking mid but he could have played left wing right wing and, and, and he played as a false top. nine if we needed to as well absolutely Um Simon Mignolet has been interviewed. I think it, I think he was interviewed in the Liverpool Echo. Apologies um, for not crediting that probably. But um, I talked a little bit about he was talking about Alisson. I covered this on the news show yesterday, which I'll come to in a sec. Um, but he was also ruling out a January move. And he said, definitely nothing will happen this month. And we'll see what happens in the summer. Hopefully it will be a story for after we've won the Premier League and the Champions League. Uh, I've said before, I don't want to be sat on the bench. I'll be 31 in March. Of course I want to play. But in certain circumstances, you have to accept the situation you're in. Something I can't control myself. All I can control is my training and being there for the team. Um, I think you said the other week, all the credit in the world to Simon Mignolet, really. You know, he could have been an absolute bell in this season. And there probably is something to the fact that, you know, he's a younger man, but he's probably learning off Allison because he's a better goalkeeper than him. He's there, he's in and around it. He's comfortable, he's not going to move out. And there's a good chance, you know, he's going to be involved, whether whether in an active sense or not, in a you know, a Premier League title challenge and possibly a, a good run in the Champions League again. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like all of that coming out from him because again, he doesn't need to say all this I think, stuff. I think the interesting thing for me is what you've just said there about probably learning from Allison. And you know, I get that Sam Mignolet wants to play football, and I think that's good. That's a, that's a treat that you want in a mm. number two. Um, you know. Career number twos, not something I'd, I'd ever think, yeah, what a guy. Mm. You know what I mean? You clearly want to play football and stuff. But I think the ambition that Mignolet's got will probably have informed this decision. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is Simon Mignolet might want to be a number one, but he doesn't want to be a number one at Sunderland again. Mm-hmm. He could go and be a number one at Sunderland again or a team equivalent team nowadays of them, bottom half of the Premier League. Yeah. Looking He's to much too good for Sunderland yeah, nowadays. Yeah, he, yeah. he is, but also... Where does he want to go with his career? Does he want to go for a mid-table club or does he want to try and stay at a top club? And I think if he wants to try and stay at a top club, learning what Alisson's doing at Liverpool is probably going to help him because he's never going to get 20% better. But he might get 5% better and he might be able to do a job at a top four side. All of a sudden, we we talk about this all the time, about players who left Man United and they go to, like Phil Neville going to Everton, and we never rated Phil Neville as a footballer, but he was a good footballer for Everton because he carried a wealth of experience with him when he moved to that side. So I mean, he doesn't suit our style of play. I think that's been Everton for, for, for all to see. But if, if for him, in terms of his next career move, in terms of getting your CV sorted, if you can hang on, you hang on at Liverpool for this season, and if Liverpool do win a league title, he gets to he gets to say he was there. You know, he's experienced it, and yes, he hasn't been an you know the the active guy who's responsible for achieving it per se. God, I hope not, because um, I don't think my heart could take that. But he gets to it's just a something, isn't it? It's a something in your dressing room. You go to another club, it adds value to you because you've been. In and amongst that, it's something you can say. I was there. I know how this is done, etc., etc. Et you know, we when we go back, we look at our squad and we list things that players have won. We're happy to throw in Daniel Sturridge as title. title winner. Yeah, you know what did he do? What did he really do in that regard? So yeah, Mignolet. I, I think it's smart in his regard, as you say. He's, he's training. He, he, he's never going to get better trained than he's getting at Liverpool right now. And, and again, in terms of the challenge and the experience of all that stuff around it. One last time, you've stuck it out at Liverpool all this time. You've been lambasted at times throughout all these things. There's probably something that it, it would put a nice full stop on his Liverpool career, I think, if we could get to it and we could lift some major silverware. And also, the... look, he's probably want to sell a few books in a few years' time and, and keeping this story under wraps for now is probably going to help him How 10 I years' time. How I helped Alisson become a Premier League winner. <laughs> um, it's interesting as well because he talked about Alisson. And uh, again, it talks about him... Accepting his role as a number two more, and how it's easier to accept when you've when you've got someone like Allison there. Basically, he said he's definitely top five. Slide they get carriers, by the way. No, exactly. Uh, definitely top five, and possibly possibly best in the world. And again, it's just this is all I, I like all this. I, you know, I, I, the point is, there's nothing to be gained from him rocking the boat. You know, to to be slightly cynical on it, but where like if you were to pick a number off the top of your head, Paul. Of where Simon Mignolet, seventh best goalkeeper oh, in the world. Was, wow. The question is, where would Simon Mignolet be in those top, in like those lists? Because of the best goalkeepers in the world, he's probably top thirty or forty, let's, maybe. Let's go. Log- yeah, let's. There's there's loads of logics, and people can pull apart my logic on this to, the, to their heart's content in comments or on, on Twitter. Seventh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, for the sake of argument, that. You've got the five best clubs. You've got four big European leagues. Yeah, you've two in, got three in it. Three you're in Spain. You're averaging five teams a league for the sake of it across all across all those leagues. So you're talking twenty teams. 
So and and he's second choice goalkeeper for one of those teams. So he's probably top twenty. Now that doesn't factor in. You've got like, is he better than Casper Schmeichel? Question. Probably not. So you might think Mignolet probably is in the top. Debate is split hairs. He's in the top fifty. He's definitely hundred percent, hundred percent, probably in the top, top forty. I would suggest top thirty is probably right. Okay, so for for a guy like that, who let's be honest, if I was top thirty in the world at anything, mm. that would be a really big achievement. I'm I'm probably top thirty at whinging. Well, I'm you, really good at whinging. You're top thirty. You're top thirty in tennis. You 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 could come home with a you know you could you could win something maybe you could win Wimbledon if you were in the top thirty yeah, in, in tennis like you right. know not so many I mean, like can't win Wimbledon Federer and Nadal but it's Re- retire at some point <laughs> and Murray still has his issues but the thing is I think as somebody who's let's be honest has climbed to the top of his profession mm. because there's hundreds of thousands of goalkeepers in the world and he's top thirty let's say to be able to sit there and think I'm not as good as him. And actually say that in an interview, a guy who's what four or five years younger than him, that must take a little bit of something as well, yeah. you know, to be a bit of a realist on things, and then to go, I can get better because of him, yeah. and try and force your way into a side. I think they're good traits to have in a in a person. Never yeah. mind a football player. I, I was joking on the news show yesterday about how you're like, no, I'm going to stay here and fight my way. I am the best man for the job, and then Allison walks in, and you just go, yeah, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. He just walks in and you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Number two, number two, can, um, can I have a contract extension? Am I all right to just, is it fine if I just stay here? But that, yeah, I mean, would it would it be, it would be a, a bit of a, a rude awakening, to, you know? Whereas, like, like you say, Carrius comes in and I think I spent Mignolet probably looked at it and gone, there's not too much difference between me. Yeah, he's a bit better at this, but I'm a bit better at that. Alisson is better at everything. Yeah, absolutely everything, and I bet he's better at things that Mignolet's and he's never tried that Mignolet's tried loads at as well. Like so, like Mignolet might be able to. M- M- Allison may never have touched the Rubik's cube, and Mignolet might have done, might be able to do one. But I bet if you just tossed one to Allison, he'd, he'd have it done before it even finished. I reckon if, if Allison and Mignolet were doing this podcast, and Mignolet knocked his cup over, Allison would catch it mm. from over this side of the table, and yeah. Mignolet doesn't have a chance. He's just that much better at pretty much everything. He, he, I, honestly, I just don't. Th- I think Mignolet would go to knock it, and Allison's hand would be there before yeah. he even knocked it off. What are you doing? Perfectly honest. Well, you're going to knock that off there, mate. Yeah. Careful. Go see cool. things. Go see things. Yeah. Allison sees things. Absolutely, he does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mane actually has done an interview uh, and talked about the title this time, Chris. Not one of those complete. Bullshit, fake made ones by terrible, 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 in inverted commas, um, news outlets. Um, nothing mega here to, to be honest, but he he did say you know we believe we're heading in the right direction, but there are still there are some very tough rivals. City were unbelievable last season and very strong again. But talking about the title chat, talk about title possibilities. He said, but why not? That's that's how you do that. That's how you do all that stuff for me. That that for me is perfect for this time for January. You know, I thought I must admit, like I said, I, I did like the idea of Mane having a massive set of bollocks to some extent, and, and saying like, "Yeah, we, we will, we will be champions, we will win the league." Obviously, not true. Um, but just a, just a little lesson for for every football player ever. And with a question, yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe. Of course, it's a possibility. Yeah, I'd like it. I'd like it if we did. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, see, this was this was with. The official cl- uh, the club this website was no. This it? was with World Soccer magazine, right? Okay, I saw, I read it on 
liverpoolfc.com or whatever whatever their website didn't realize it was there and i'm thinking to, i was thinking to myself then had that been let's say world soccer magazine i might have just left the but why not off <laughs> 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 you know what i mean it's like because yeah you know what without that without that one little kicker at the end it's it's a very different sentence yeah definitely uh, you also fair play to world soccer magazine by the way mm. The old WSM. Yeah, top quality. I, I, there's something about I, I think it's wonderful management from Manage Management in that World Soccer Magazine is one of those. It's such like a, it's a proper like elite, you know your footy, you know World Soccer Magazine. It's a proper like, the when, you, when you're dead cool as a teenager and your mates are all reading Match and you go and get World Soccer Magazine because you're fucking br- you're brilliant and you understand footy. Um, but... You know, it, it also showcases him as a... a Never a heard of it, by the way. Do you know? <laughs> no. Really? Well, there you go. I wasn't so, going to admit it after all that you'd said. More of a shoot man, yeah. People would probably tell by my face that I've just glazed over <laughs> while you were talking. I've never heard of World Soccer yeah. Magazine, though. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, the... the it, it says a lot because you, you, what you basically position them as as one of the, the biggest names in world football by putting by putting them in the magazine as well. That's the kind of thing. In the nineties, they were all over Italian football. If you wanted to know about Italian football and AC and all that, World Soccer Magazine was the magazine to to, to, to read about all that stuff. Um, but he talked about the different three form as well, which I quite liked. And he said about how people were criticising and saying that they weren't quite firing on all cylinders and they weren't that. And he said, look, we're really competitive. We think we're going to get better. And this plays into what I, I, I said a bit on the build-up show. I've just got this real sneaky feeling that we are ready to just go up a, go up a gear in what we do. Like We're really ready to start flexing our muscles for longer spells of games, really, really prepared to start to un- unleash what we do. If we do, Chris, fuck me. What an end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've we've scored a few goals recently and I think that makes a difference. You know, coming back against Crystal Palace and putting four in and, and, and the, obviously the four against Arsenal earlier on in December and stuff. The Liverpool have got gears to move through. Yeah. I'm probably not quite as confident of, as you as that they will do that, to be honest, because I think they are placing a level of importance on defensive stability that will maybe hinder that attacking threat I think if you were to go 2-0 up in games then we'll see that mm-hmm. but I think we are still going to feel out the opposition we're going to take a long time to make sure that we make the right decisions at the right time and so we're going to see a lot of games I think where 45 minutes in it might be 0-0 at half time Do, if we get a break early in games you know, get an early goal and maybe get a second I think then you'll see that I'm just not sure we're going to see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can see why you're saying that, and I can see what, I, you know, you can see that Firmino's clicking in that 10, and yeah. they have a much better understanding, and well, Salah's being amazing goals, at the nine. That's, the that's the difference, is that these lads are all, there's just an upturn. I mean, Salah's just been consistently good, but we consistently get better in second half of seasons, so it's there's, there's, there's something in that. Whether we go... Mad, mad as bollocks, seven nils week in, week out. But I would expect us to be just more for because we've been creating the chances. Hmm? You know, we've been doing. It's not like people, I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a misnomer, isn't it, to say like we've been. You know, it's like we've become a defensive side. All of a sudden, we're just better at the defensive stuff. It's not like it was like the, the club talking about the the Salah things and how he's just been better in his all. Right, he feels he's been better in his all round game, doing all the right things. We just it's just that thing of. There's just something. There's something that clicks in the team when they just go up. A, they just go up a, a gear. Normally after, normally after Christmas, I don't know what it is, and whether it's 
being unleashed or whether it's just players just finding the form finding the feet we've talked this a lot about adapting to a formation we get better we can we're getting better we can we playing in four two three one it stands the reason that they'll just come a point where people can't deal with us yeah, exactly absolutely um deadline day thursday I, Is I, it? I, yeah exactly yeah that it's been quiet. Exactly that. Very quiet. Yeah. I I love the fact that, I mean, obviously certain outlets have tried to stir up a few bits and pieces, but there's been nothing, nothing concrete at all. There's been transfers happening, like Alvaro Morata's just moved from an 18-month loan to Atletico Madrid with like a £50 million pound, uh, fee attached if they want to buy him at the end. Never going to happen. No. Um, it's been quite refreshing to not be embroiled in all this stuff. Don't get me wrong, I... Like, I don't think we necessarily desperately needed anyone, but it would have been just just a nice lift, isn't it, when a new player comes in? It's something to get excited about and whatever. But it's been nice to know largely that there's nothing there's nothing happening. I think we so all no as fans all understand how Jurgen Klopp works much better now than we used to. I think two years ago, I think Jurgen came out and said, "This is my squad for the season," type of a thing. And obviously, you know, a year ago he ended up signing Virgil Van Dijk in the January transfer window, and so you think, "Oh, does he really mean that?" I think it's a little bit of a different case. I think now we'd have had them in the summer if we. Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing is as well. You know, I think Liverpool, and I think it's good for for the squad that Klopp places his trust in those players for an entire year. Like you know, I know the the you're the guys that I believe in. We mm. don't need anybody else to achieve our goals this season. Yeah. I think you get an extra couple of percent out of that. And I think the other thing is, as fans, we now know that you know you can buy an Abi Keita for fifty odd million. But it's not necessarily going to work straight no, away. God, absolutely. You know, Fabinho, we know, took him a couple of months. We've Obviously, we always cite Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Andy Robertson. If Liverpool were to buy a player now anyway, I don't think it's for now. Mm. I think it's for next season. In, in which case, is it worth your upsetting the apple cart? You bring, you, let's say, you bring Timo Werner in. Do you get better performances out of the lads on the pitch right now? Or do they start worrying and overthinking? I mean, there's there's all that to consider at the same time, isn't yeah. there? There's, there's, all, there's, there's, there's definitely there's the, there is the psychological lift of having someone coming in and maybe it keeps people honest. You know, you can look at it from you can look at it from both perspectives, can't you? But there's all that thing, you're right, you've got to get people up to speed on what you're doing. Now's not the time of the season. End of January, let's say three to four months, end of the season. It's you know what it's 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 a bit like you play a you play ever play a computer game and you know, there's always like a it ramps up so you might get three quarters of the way through a game you can't then drop someone who's new into it at that stage of the game because the difficulty the complexity the all the all the things you've done people are never gonna people are never gonna get to grips with it Klopp's not running people through the basics in February no he's not going right here's the fundamentals anymore the fundamentals are done it's fine tuning is what we're doing now so you'd have to get someone who who you made the interesting point about the Coutinho thing Coutinho would be is one of the rare players who you probably could just about do that because at least he'd be integrated he's already integrated into the squad as it were um, but yeah there's just no time now we've had that okay yeah we've got a bit, you know, we've got another break to come before Bayern but you're still you're not getting a lad up to the level that you need because as you say we've had Cater here since the summer and he's not even, not even up to the level we're only just now really now seeing Fabinho being like a, he's got to be in the team every week we're certain of that because he's so good Chukiri obviously got to, we actually started pretty pretty well pretty early on but you know it takes time yeah. it takes time and I think that's the that's the refreshing thing It's it, for me it's not that 
it's not that Liverpool are or aren't interested in signing players. It's that the fan base doesn't care. Mm. You know, you don't see people whinge. Wow, we're not signing there. Like last year, it was me. I was there. Oh, I fucking can't believe we've not replaced Phil Coutinho and all this type of stuff. Now there's just this level of trust that you go, sounds okay. If that's what Liverpool are doing. I'm behind it. Yeah. I support them. The top of the frigging table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are, obviously Liverpool will stay top of the table regardless of results um, this week. But Leicester is next on the horizon. Um, I'm just really excited for this, Chris. I, I, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I've enjoyed the little the little break. It's been nice to just to, to to be able to have time and breathing space to do a few different things, just in a production perspective. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, by all accounts, heavy snows forecast for Merseyside on Wednesday, so it could be absolutely horrendous. Um, but just in terms of getting it, getting back on it, because I'm starting to get the, the little bubble and thing in my stomach, the, the the nerves. But it's not like not fear; it's just that nervous excitement because we're right back on it again. In case, unless we forget, we we've got to we've got to go back, get back into the business of being the. The, the best team in the Get country. back into the business of being the business. Yeah. That's what we are at the moment, isn't it? And listen, I look at Leicester and I am nervous and I'm nervous only because of, you know, Vardy. I'm nervous because I've seen Leicester hurt us over the years, you know, not the last couple of times we've played them, but there's still that fear that you get. There's the fear because of the injuries that we've got of, of, of what defence is going to turn up and how you're going to play those lads and is Fabinho going to be in centre mid and all the things that we've already discussed. That makes me nervous, but it makes me no less excited. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I've gone into games as a fan with a fear a genuine fear now I'm like okay yeah I'm, but I'm actually intrigued as to what's going to happen and see how Klopp is going to overcome this hurdle because yeah. he's overcome so many in his time at Liverpool manager already like mm-hmm. yeah, I get I, I talk about it a second ago the Phil Coutinho thing bigger managers that could have defined their entire career at a football club yeah. letting someone like that go at the yeah. time that he let someone go we've got better since mm. so every time Klopp's presented with a hurdle he seems to overcome it and we yeah. come back stronger so as much as I am nervous about what we're going to play I'm equally confident that we're going to get the result that we need yeah and that's the thing and in terms of the personnel obviously we talked about a couple of players we didn't talk too much about Rafa Camacho on the, on the build up show whether he play or not, I don't know. I, if 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 there's an opportunity there for him, I'd like to see him get that opportunity because there's a there's a there's a possibility there, and we've seen it, we saw it with Trent going back a few seasons. I don't expect him to come in and be ready-made long-term Liverpool solution at, at right back, but giving kids these opportunities in isolation, I don't like it. I hate it when we make that eight. You know, you're making eight changes, and then you're looking at the player you're really excited to see doesn't excite because ultimately he's playing in a team that's lost fluidity, and that was the, the big problem with that Wolves game. I'd I'd be I'd be more than happy to see a lad of his talent coming in because I just don't think he I think he's absolutely fearless. And yes, there are potentials that were uh, potential pitfalls to it. There always is when you put young lads into into sides. I just I'm I'm all in on Klopp the Klopp trusting. And him going, okay, no, this is your this is your chance, this is your opportunity. Go out there and show me what you can do. I'm not, to be honest with you, you know, and I've just give it uh, give it large about our associating Klopp and stuff like that. My mm, 
my thoughts on this is I actually don't think Jürgen will do that. And I, and I think that's because I'm not sure he does have the trust in Camacho as a right-back. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was to do it, yeah, sound okay. I'll support you like I support every player who puts, puts on that red shirt. But I actually can't see it happening. Um, and, the, you know, again, you, you mentioned that Wolves game there. And, and listen, we've spoken about this game at, at length. And I think you're right in what you're saying, by the way. I do think that he wasn't able to shine because of the team that he was playing a part of. But equally, there was some, some poor... Mental errors from Camacho that I just think whoever's playing inside of you there, those errors would have occurred regardless. Um, and maybe you could say to me, actually, if Virgil's there, he listens to him and he, and he does drop back a little bit more and stuff. And yeah, I agree, there's a fearlessness about his performances, but for me, he's not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And that's what it boils down to. And if Jürgen tells me he's ready and puts him into the starting 11 in the Premier League, then I'll, I'll pause for thought. Well, let's work on that. Let's work on that assumption that he does. That he does, then mm-hmm. you've got to back him, haven't you? Yeah. But, but I don't think he is, and I don't think Jürgen does either. But I don't, I don't really. Know what you want me to say? So if if, if Jürgen I mean plays him, then Jürgen thinks he's ready. Then I'll go. Okay, yeah. Let's well, have we'll a look. Talk, we'll talk a about clean you. slate. Well, exactly. Because, because my my judgment on him is clouded by the Wolves game. Yeah. Because I've not seen him in a Premier League game for Liverpool playing yeah. right back. Yeah. And I've only got that one competitive game of football to judge him on that I've looked at with my own two eyes. Yeah. Jürgen's got a, a, a much more well-rounded view of how good he is as a player. Yeah, I mean, because of everything that goes on behind I closed suppose, doors. I suppose we had a lot of this from the Wolves game, didn't we? In terms of how we thought players performed. Like, I, I, I love Camacho's performance against Wolves. I thought he was, I thought he was class. Uh, class. Um, but what I like about him, and this is what I'm, what, what I'm kind of driving at, is that rather than what he, you know. He's a young kid. He's an attacking player. There's going to be there's going to be obvious issues defensively. What he has in an attacking sense is something I think suits Liverpool down to the ground in terms of what we're in terms of what we're doing. And this is why, you know, obviously there's still a for being of course throw for being in there, and there was a shout from uh, on, on the bill for, for Hoover. I think it's much, it's much too soon, much too soon for him, of course. But I I like the idea of where where we're in a position now where we're throwing a lad in who. This is a game where predominantly we're going to be tasked with going to beat uh, beating Leicester. In years gone by, you're chucking. I keep I always reference this. You're chucking Martin Skirtle in at right back, mm. or you're having to move Jamie Carragher to right back. We're chucking a lad who defends first. It, this is why it wouldn't shock me with the Camacho Camacho thing. Is that, and it's why Milner's been given the option, been given the choice to go and play at right back, of course, because he. He's a guy. He's a front foot guy. He's a guy who's comfortable in possession of the football. I am um, potentially looking at the positives of what Camacho brings. It could be a, you know, it could it could be a very exciting addition to what we do. He, he, listen, he, he could be, and I don't mean to have a go at Rafa Camacho here in any way, shape, or form. But he's six choice right back at this club mm-hmm. at the moment for me. You got Trent Alexander Arnold. You've got Joe Gomez. You've got James Milner. You've probably got Fabinho there as well. All right, fifth, sorry. And then you've got Rafa Camacho, and I think that is where I see him at the moment. Yeah, I think you know James Milner was definitely ahead of him in the pecking order for that right back spot, as evidenced by him playing against Crystal Palace. I think the next guy up is probably Fabinho there, and then it's Rafa Camacho. But I agree with everything that you're saying. You know, Milner, why he was so good against Crystal Palace for the problems that he had with Zaha was that he beat Zaha three times at the other end and gets an assist. Yeah, you know. Our right back got an assist in that game. Their left winger got an assist. So you you can totally understand what James Milner's doing there. And Fabinho, equally, like I said on the build-up show, he's great going forwards. Yeah, absolutely superb. He loves those little one-twos, and I think he's a good attacking option for us as well. Yeah. So 
I just feel that they are for that little bit more defensive stability. Yeah. And it's almost like if we were if we were sixth and there was no chance of top four, mm-hmm. I actually would probably say, let's get Camacho in. Oh, yeah, give Let's him get Camacho in. But we're second season Kenny here when he's come back mm. and the job's on the line. And not only that, the frigging title's on the line, which is more important. Yeah. And, and that's why I think... It, it it has to cloud your opinion and 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 that and if he doesn't and Camacho starts then that tells me even more about him than anything else because we are going for the title yeah. and and that is a huge decision for a manager to make so if if Klopp then puts him in against the side that we've historically struggled against over the last five six years then I'll go cannot wait because yeah. he thinks he's ready yeah. and I will back that a hundred percent yeah absolutely I mean for me it's it's that thing it's like the Nathaniel the Nathaniel Klein argument on the balance of it again this, this all this boils down to Klein wanted to leave ultimately so we chose we chose to let him leave but in terms of that thing of we know what Klein brings and we know what Klein doesn't bring to to your side and as I say I, I I'm excited for what I saw in the the Wolves game. It was the it was the it was the stuff in the opposition half that I that I liked the most about it because look, it's the stuff that gets your ass off your seat, isn't oh, it? Ultimately, sure. so yeah, I, I um, be really interested to see if Klopp does that and and, and what we go with ultimately because the as you say, Fabinho's there, knowing that you've got. I mean, again, for Camacho, you've got Fabinho there. If you get the nod. that's a big boost. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, a few questions to get through, um, but before we do. Um, the lads, it's, it was Ross and Ben this week um, on the Around the League podcast on the RedmenTV.com. It's a, a little bit of a wider look at the things that happen outside of the world of Liverpool and, as the name suggests, around the league. Do you welcome or entertain the idea of the FA Cup having um, the extra prize of added points in the league? So if you win the FA Cup, you get five extra points in your, in, in your respective league. That's a... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. That's a wild suggestion. It's interesting, isn't it? Because if Liverpool and both Liverpool and Man City... Would would Jurgen Klopp's approach to the Wolves game have changed if there were five points on offer in the Premier League? I think it'd have to be higher than five. Because you think the amount of rounds that you've got to go through in the but teams in you today's in today's I know. What, you think how many games you got to go through first yeah. when you could effectively do what we've done and go, mm. ah, fuck that. Yeah, I'm not playing an extra six games. Mm. But so so there's two ways of looking at it. You can look 15 at fifteen points and we can have a conversation. Fifteen points. That's a lot. That fifteen point wins a league. 
You could yeah, be fourth. Yeah, but you could be fourth and win the FA Cup and then you win the league. Like that, that's basically that's that's basically how yeah, that no, works. But then again, you've gone through an extra five, six games to go and do that. Where you can just jib it up and go. Actually, got me players for it and I'll win the games that you wouldn't have won anyway because you've done that. Yeah, get that and a whole host of other amazing content on the RedmenTV.com. Uh, the newsroom podcast last week, Chris did with Chris Baskin, which is fantastic. You can get a little snippet of that in the match build-up show, which I highly recommended. It's available on YouTube and in podcast form for absolutely free off off the website as well. So get involved with that. We had Andy Grant. Um, we had a, a, a one of the maddest. Probably the maddest build-up shows we've had. Obviously, uh, people don't know Andy's story. He was uh, he was in the Royal Marines and was blown up in Afghanistan. And he tells us a bit about his story and what he what he did from there. Totally different to everything we've done, but yeah, highly highly recommended. If you've the not stuff been that the he's gone through, and I'm on I'm on Twitter last night moaning about lamps in my house being turned on and the rooms <laughs> getting darker. You know what I mean? And this, you know, it puts your life into perspective at times. And you think I wouldn't put the tweet out, but it did bother me, so I did. So you did because that's what Twitter's <laughs> for. It's for binge bagging about things, like you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and, al- and also not telling my wife that I did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for passive aggressive uh, marital issues, like definitely. Uh, Copy three oh five at Copy. Chronicles with a K. Um, if you have like a cereal, mm, yeah. Um, cop I crunch, yeah. If you had a spare ticket for the final game of the season in which we would lift the Premier League trophy, would you sell that spare ticket to a friend for face value or sell it to a tourist for massive profit? To discuss this has been a big deal. Um, Lately, I've seen you know the the tout price. We had a question about this. They're going for thousands already on uh, on tout websites. Um, there's an obvious answer I think is being led down this path is that you know sell it for face value, and I'd like to say I probably yeah, and I probably would, but I think that what this does is this demonizes people who sell who sell tickets on yeah you and don't know the you don't know the backstory I think a lot of the time when it comes down to it I mean I know somebody who when we were talking at the end of the 13-14 season who said to me that's my season ticket for the next two years and I really struggle to yeah to pay for those season tickets you know it's it's a massive expense and I don't I don't I think I don't think I think it's too easy to just judge a book by its cover at times and, yeah. and I don't think you should always do that you know if the person says, "Yeah, I just want to rinse them," then you're just a prick. Yeah, but you're a prick regardless. Yeah. I don't get we we like we look. It's the world that we live in. You know, we we have to we end up having to pay over the odds for tickets all, all the time on, on stuff because it, it it is what it is. It is very hard to get to, to Liverpool games and doubly show when Liverpool are doing really well. It's easier when Liverpool are shit, but when they're dead good, every everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon. Um, but so I think I, I think there's again you're right. There's no one size fits all answer for this. If there's people, I think there are there will be people out there who, I let's use it in a gig uh, example. I know the people. There's people who go on for every major gig and they're on there with ten computers and they they hoover up a load of tickets and they stick them out on there and they do that for pure for a pure business reason. And, for, and in that perspective, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't I don't like that so much. However, as you say, someone there will be people there who will be faced with that decision of. Potentially missing seeing Liverpool win their first league title in thirty years with their own eyes, but it will f- it will it will give them the money to go to every to to be able to go to every home game for the next two seasons, um, and they look and that who's the bigger fan? You know, if you can, if there's a difference between not being able to afford your season tickets anymore, or and get but you can but and seeing that game, but you'd have to walk away from your season tickets. That's a, that, there's a there's no right answer there. 
Yeah. Um, and just for for the sake of it, I'd give it to my dad. By the way, yeah, is what I would do because my dad doesn't get to go to games all the time and stuff. And you know, um, it would be a no brainer. I, I, I probably wouldn't charge him. <laughs> you make him take you for a pint for it, like yeah, definitely. Um, but again, I do, I, you know, I, I get that. It, but, but that's a tough, that's a tough thing in any in any walk of life because if someone walks up to you and says, "You know that thing that you paid forty pounds for? I want to give you two thousand pounds for it." That's a that's a very 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 difficult. Thing. And the problem is because football is such a tribal thing and it's almost a, a, a pseudo religious thing, it gets taken away from fact, the fact that sometimes that money is quite a important thing important factor in people's lives and you know some people like money more than they like football and they're the kind of people we don't want it on field so sell your tickets and sell it to someone who wants it so much that they're prepared to pay 2000 but again sorry this this uh, also uh, another point on this this notion that it's all going to tourists like tourists like uh, again I think that's a bit of like it's a damning people with faint praise or beating people with a stick and all that kind of thing it's not all going to go to People who just want to, want a, want a, you know, people who don't care about Liverpool. The most, the vast majority of people who are going to pay over the odds are the people who are desperate to be at Anfield for that. Like it's a, it's a, it is a once in a lifetime thing. But it might be people who've not gone, not gone for years. It's probably just as likely to be members card holders who, yeah. who had ten games this season and yeah. couldn't get twenty. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, ex- exactly that. Um, Grace asks us, um, what's one Liverpool player you couldn't help but love even though he was an awful player? I, Alberto Moreno. Okay. You know, it, I think it's from doing this every week and He's doing scamp, these Q&As and, a, Q and stuff. I just think... I've got this like little bit of love for him, and you know, not on the football field. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's a great player. I don't think he's the worst player we've ever had either. No, to be no. fair, like, but I just think he's a lovable guy, and I think you can't help but he, he's an enthusiastic person. He comes up a lot in all these like what type of player and all this. I just think I've, I've, I've harvested the love for Alberto Marina that I never thought possible before yeah. doing these shows. I think it's an interesting shout. Um, for me, it's like an ego biscan. You know, ultimately he was fine. I, I I gave him more support than he probably his ability level would have demanded. And you know, in the modern world, if you shit your shit and you don't get support, now nah, I I I always liked Igor Biscan, um, and he had the best chant going. Igor, Igor. Um, Again, if you think about the good players we've got now, don't have songs or chants. Um, yeah, Igor Biscan was was one for me. Um, Toro LFC. Um, who would you pick as a footy tennis partner? Um, current past or present okay I, I narrowed it down to two and they're very different and there's probably one answer that well did win out um, it was Luis Suarez <laughs> and Jamie Carragher okay right and I know you. I know what you're thinking why the bloody hell would you pick Jamie Carragher for a football tennis oh, thing oh no 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 not at all carry on I've got similar to my reason than I imagine. I just wanted someone who's going to fight for everything and he was the first player that came to mind I was, you know what if we're going for this footy table tennis world championship I need someone who's going to give as much as I'm going to give footy table tennis what are we doing footy tennis oh for, well, well, regardless okay. um, I, wanna, I want somebody who's going to fight tooth and nail alongside me for everything and, and Carragher came first 
this to mind. And then I was like, and I want someone with loads of talent. And I was like, oh, Suarez is both. Suarez does right, all okay, Suarez is the right answer on this exactly one. Exactly how I worked it. So I went through a number of players. It was like Mascherano. And it, and I was like, Momo Sissoko pre-eye injury because he's going to cover the whole he's going to cover the whole court for me. He's going to be doing all, all my running. He can be, you know, whether he needs to be based on or whatever. He's the guy who's going to do all the running. And then I was like, yeah, Luis Suarez does all of that stuff. So let's just have let's just have Luis Suarez all day long. Brilliant. Um, yeah, we got the Q and A coming up this week, which is an extension of this podcast, but a bit more daft and a bit more personality driven. Um, questions, a couple more wrestling questions, include, including if Redmen TV uh, presenters were WWE characters, who would they be and why? Um, Chris Watton, who also then followed it up with Steers, one hundred percent Gilberg. Um, <laughs> Uh, talking about rule additions to the Premier League game who would Chris and I like to tag team against um, in a tables ladders and chairs match from the world of football and a whole host of other things as well so get over to the redmentv.com sign up for that uh, the Q&A we do it every single week it's always a bit of a, a bit of a laugh a bit more irreverent than the, the, the more serious stuff than we do but the serious stuff is there as well as you've seen and will have heard already so yes thank you very much for watching or for listening to this Woha. 